Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. We're one year on from the launch of DBS's all-digital bank in India, and now the bank is taking a hard look at its back office, looking to transform this group from a trade support function to a team that can create engaging digital experiences for customers. What does this mean for back office staff? And how can the bank wean customers off call centers using bots? Today, I have the pleasure once again of speaking with James DiBiazio, editor at Digital Finance Media, to find out. Thanks for joining us today, James. James, you recently wrote a story about DigiBank, the digital banking arm of DBS. Tell me, how does that bank differ from its parent? DigiBank is the brand name for a digital bank that DBS launched in India in the spring of 2016. So customers can access basic banking services through their mobile on this thing. There's there's no physical branch, there's no paper, uh, but there is still an element of support from DBS, including operations and call centers and customer support. So here we have a traditional bank that launched a digital bank. How's that working out for them? Well, it's important to note that Digibank was introduced in India and later in Indonesia. And these are markets where DBS has a traditional brick and mortar branch network, but where it is small. It's a small player in these places. Um, The digital bank was a way for DBS to make a splash by being the first in these countries to introduce a fully digital service that lets you do everything on your phone. So in that context, uh, I think it's done well. They signed up 1.2 million people in India which is a respectable milestone. It's probably the minimum number of people in a country like that where you can say you're starting to get scale. Uh, But in their core markets of Singapore and Hong Kong, uh, DBS's banking business is still just a traditional one. Is there anybody in the core markets who are upset that uh, there's a more robust online service in these new markets? No, actually, because, you know, people in Hong Kong and Singapore are used to traditional banks. They're used to getting plastic credit cards. They're used to, and you can also do all the full-on services that a bank provides, uh, all, all kinds of products, uh, mortgages or um, investment products. And, you know, so, so no, I don't think they are. What they've done is they've, they've relabeled their, their online uh, connection point to customers as Digibank. That's the, they brought that brand to Hong Kong and Singapore. But it doesn't have that kind of uh, functionality. They're not, it's not a, a proper mobile bank. It's a, it's a traditional bank. Mm-hmm. So you interviewed the COO in Singapore about what the digital bank means for operations. Uh, does this mean they're laying off all their people or what's next for them? Um, yeah, I know that's your, your favorite topic, Dave. Um, I do have to disappoint you. Uh, it's not a straight line from going digital to mass layoffs. Um, it is more like a restructuring. So right now, uh, DBS has about 1,200 back office people in Singapore, and I don't know what that number will look like in a year or two, but the bank says that they still need a lot of people to support the digital bank, as well as, of course, the the traditional stuff. Um, But what is going to be different is that these people will have to train themselves to do different types of work, and obviously not everyone's going to make that transition. The back office is still going to require fewer people. But uh, Mike Power, he's the person I interviewed, uh, says that these declines will be in line with rates of natural attrition. So not a dramatic calling, but rather just a, a slow, progressive burn um, and as they restructure the team. 
Okay, so there's still a very paper-intensive part of their business, it sounds like. Well, for the traditional businesses, um, although they are trying to, to automate as much as they can, um, but what's interesting is that the, the, there's still a need for people to support a digital banking business as well. So the, the language that DBS uses, they talk about the need for support teams that can monitor customers in real time. They want to be looking at real-time behavioral data in order to either head off a problem or to make sure that the customers are getting served the right product at the right time. And so uh, Mike Power, the person I interviewed, called it customer science. I guess that's a fancy name. I don't know if it, if it has a, a meaning outside of, of their business. But basically what he means by that is that the back office is no longer about fulfilling orders. That's going to be automated. So all that, that side of what they do is going away regardless. Um, but it's also about ensuring their customers get better service uh, whenever they have a, a contact or some sort of touch point with the digital bank. Um, and it's also possible that as the digital bank begins to offer new or more complicated products, uh, that customer experience will become a little more complicated. And so there, there will still be yet some some lingering need perhaps for, for more hands on deck to, to manage that process. Um, so the back office is, is going to become a lot more about customer data and monitoring customer behavior. Now that, that actually does sound like, uh, you know, a, a fairly human intensive business, but the, the role of the traditional back office, you know, in old style banking is quite different than creating, you know, new customized digital customer relationships uh, yeah. or just digital experiences, I meant to say. So, I, I mean, it, ha have they started moving in that direction already? Or is it, I mean, is this really going to be kind of like a, a jarring adjustment for, for the back office there? Well, you know, I don't work in their back office, so I don't have a firsthand way of, of, of letting you know what people are experiencing in that regard. But yeah, they're beginning to do this. And um, it's... You know, it's interesting that what you're taking a team of of people that have been hired on the assumption that they're there based, you know, for for administrative purposes, fulfilling orders, uh, making sure that uh, you know the paper gets filed properly, uh, reports, uh, making sure customers get their monthly statement, uh, you know, this sort of thing, and and now that's all going away, right? I mean, that's the goal. The, so uh, when I interviewed uh, Mike Power, we talked about their internal goal from a from a business perspective, was to reduce their their costs of servicing customers uh, down to ten percent of what it is today. And he said they haven't they haven't gotten that far yet, uh, but there has been a substantial uh, cost reduction just in automating a lot of these processes. Some of that is headcount, but a lot of it is also just um, refocusing people on other stuff uh, so that they can uh, take away the the. The, the the more fulfillment side of what operations have done. Right, right. It'll be very interesting to see uh, how how they manage that transition. In the meantime, uh, how is the service that uh, they're offering right now with their digital bank in India? Do you have a, a good way of, of telling how that's doing? It's not uh, as smooth as they'd like it to be. I guess these things probably never are. Um, but it does work. I mean, the digital bank is a very simple version of a bank. Uh, you know, they they to launch this and get it off the ground quickly. They they didn't add all the bells and whistles. They kept it very clean, very simple. So, 
there's no paper, there's no branch. You can do everything on your phone or a tablet or a computer. Um, but still, it's good for money transfers. It's good for uh, paying bills and invoicing. You can use it for uh, drawing cash from ATMs. Uh, but you can't do anything else really with this. You know, there's no there's no loans, for example, uh, and or or other types of products. And so, therefore, it's not people's primary deposit relationship in India. They're still using another bank, probably where they keep most of their deposits because they they'll need a fuller service. At least wealthier people will. Um, and uh, and and so to attract customers, being paperless is one attraction. The other, of course, was DBS has to offer a very high rate of interest on customer deposits to be competitive. Uh, and one way to cut their costs to, 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 to maintain this business is to wean people off call centers. This is a major cost. It's a major part of the, the, the cost in DBS's back office. And people, of course, are used to calling whenever they have problems. By automation, of course, they hope to remove a lot of the problems people have, but there's always problems or questions uh, inevitably. And so they're using chatbots to try to replace replace that. And I found some online forums in which Indian people are talking about this service. It was new and, and fancy, and so it generated a lot of interest. And people seem quite positive on it. They like the paperless aspect of it. They like the high interest rate. Uh, they, you know, I think People generally were favorable. However, the, the the call centers are still required because the chatbots haven't really evolved to the point where people are uh, happy with them. Uh, mm -hmm. in, not in all cases. So, you know, so DBS is still a bit shackled to to call centers, and they're looking at how do they get people to make that switch, and is this a cultural issue or is it a problem? But based on some of the customer feedback I saw online. I think people just aren't that happy with the chatbots. You know, I think there's just maybe still an artificiality about these or they don't anticipate every question. I assume that technology will just get better and better. So over time, that transition will be made. But it, it is a real world example of where it's, it's good, but it's maybe not good enough. Right. It's, it's actually interesting because if you're a, a fintech, like a, a digital only bank, uh, you're probably going to be drawing early adopters who may, may be more uh, willing to uh, to work through chatbots and and uh, it, it, are you are you getting a sense of whether or not it's a failing of the technology or or do you feel like the customer base is just like whoa 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 I I'm not comfortable dealing with you know this in chat whether it's a human or a or a bot you know yeah I think I think it's a combination uh, I think you're right I'm sure there are a lot of the early adapters to this were the types of people would be attracted to this sort of business. Um, they, you know, they, they got a rapid million people in their first year. Uh, can they sustain that rate of growth uh, over the next several years? You know, or do they run out of the people who are interested in this? I, I don't know, but India's a big place. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, in, uh, it, when I talked to, to, to Mike Power, he seemed to also think, though, there could be just uh, an element of people are habituated to call centers as well, or yeah. they just want to have a person, right? I mean, people still like, as much as we, we complain about it or whatever, we still there's still a natural human tendency to be like, you want to pick up the phone. So I think the, the best way forward uh, that, that they're looking to do is there's still going to be probably some element of call center for quite some time. Also, they still have traditional brick and mortar branches that will require that kind of support anyway. Uh, the chatbots will improve, but I think most importantly is if if the products themselves can be fully automated or almost fully automated, 
then and 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 there's work uh, which they should then the need for people to be calling theoretically should decline at least in proportion to the 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 level of complexity that the digital bank offers vis-a-vis a, a, a traditional one uh, I, it seems to me that you know given the fact that you've got traditional banks that are really actively trying to to phase out call centers in favor of bots that that's a big step forward for for digital banking in the region is that a is that your take everyone's looking at it uh banks have them already i mean whenever i i, I bank at uh at hsbc in hong kong and and when i go onto that website a, a little chat bot will often pop up asking me if i want to ask a question so it, it's happening the question is uh how good is the technology at really getting into complex issues, uh, you know, more uh, bespoke problems that an individual has as opposed to generic FAQ type of, of stuff. Mm. So I think they're good at the, the simple basic stuff that people can script. Uh, and, and most of these are scripted bots. They are not, you know, these are not sort of the kind of uh, advanced machine self-learning that you can get at some of the, you know, at like a Google uh, lab or something. They're still required, they're still based primarily on, on human scripts and, and training machines to figure out what to do. And that's, that's limited to, you know, there's a limit to what you can do with that kind of technology. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see and how that develops. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it is happening uh, in, in different places at different speeds. So there's going to be a lot of different examples. I think we'll have more examples going forward to see how this all goes. Thanks, James. If you'd like to learn more about Digibank and DBS's challenges in migrating its back office and accommodating its client base with bots, read the full article online at www.digitalfinancemedia.com. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. I'm your host, David Swifler. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is DigFinVox. Vox.